Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Batch Bros, episode 11. Batch Bros podcast, two bros just enjoy talking about The Bachelor uh, in a sportsmanlike way. I'm Jonah, joined by... And I'm Jeremy. So just before you get worried, I did find out that it, while it plays in here, it doesn't actually go onto our track. So our oh, listeners... So we're not going to have to pay TNT. For our listeners, Jonah just played the TNT basketball intro, which you may know, the famed fanfare, which of course... I'm fired up, but also that puts our podcast at a massive loss. Yeah, it'd be a, for the, we'd be for in the, the licensing red. fees that we would be paying to TNT. It sounds not exactly like, but something like this. Yeah, that's it. That's spot on. Um, Jeremy, we had fantasy suites, Matt James season. Last week, we, we underperformed for you guys. Well, we did our best, but now we have one of the greatest episodes of Matt James's season. Can we agree on that? Wow. Uh, you'll hear you'll hear no opposite opinions from me on that hell of an episode. A lot to discuss. Ton to discuss. Um, I want to start us off where we let's just jump right into it. You know, let's we can go in chronological order here. Um, first off, just quick shout out to my team, um, which spoiler yep. alert, all did make it through to the fantasy um sweet which we'll get into but that means that i have now qualified for fiscal win gains that's correct it's an official win um and the charity uh, as i mentioned before black girls who code they're up about 120 bucks as of right now um i believe somewhere in that number um this does feel similar to team lebron's donation to the thurgood marshall college fund which like the other team couldn't win a single quarter. <laughs> what, what, whatever charity was for team Durant is like, God damn it. it's like, they're upset. They're upset. They're like, yeah, come like, on. Why we did couldn't we not get, get LeBron? Like, yeah. like, what's this about? So uh, shout out to those, to the, to that, to that awesome charity that um, we'll, we'll definitely tell you guys more about on the next episode. Um, but also to my team for making it past, uh, in flying colors, in sequential order for what will be the perfect bachelor season. Knock on wood. Let's get into it. Michelle, now, fantasy suite. Let yes. me ask you this, uh, and congratulations to you becoming Thank you. you know the official winner of Matt James's season. I believe that's your second and third, if you count our tied paradise win. Right? Or is this your fourth overall? This would be my fourth. <laughs> fourth, won, really? Yeah, I won Peter's season with Hannah and Slus, and I won Hannah B's ah, season. Hannah. Yeah, Hannah B. So it's okay. fourth if you include wow. the tie. I think Jesus that ties Christ. us, actually. I think that no, may I think tie it puts our... me up. No, I think it puts me on top. I won Colton, Tasha, Paradise. Oops. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yikes. You guys all heard it. All right. Uh, mm. He's going red. He's going. We'll red. have to. Uh, we'll have to do a full breakdown of that on the Instagram. That's a don't episode. Seasons. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get some. We'll get some overall all-time stats going. Um, and you know what we should do for our listeners is we should share the headshots of our teams after we draft, so that they're in the Instagram posts and they can quickly look. Anytime yeah. they're listening and see who we each have. I think that's a great idea moving forward. So we move into Michelle's uh, fantasy suite, which started in a hotel room, even for the day portion, weirdly. Yeah. Now, what what's happening here in your words? 
uh, an episode of like a spinoff of Sausage Party, that movie. They're like, I, I mean, I, I I think the Bachelor producers are like, what can we do to make something that is? I mean, there is obviously a butter theme, right? Because everything about milk, butter, cows is well, the it was theme like a Pennsylvania is, massage. Is that a Pennsylvania massage where you just yeah. butter each other up? There was some not. Well, first of all, I was like, "Is this like me, you, and Dupree? Like, what are we watching right. here?" And then, so there was butter. There was oatmeal porridge. Unclear. There was a milk bath. Oh, I thought like, it was oat milk. Uh, oh wow. Okay, copy. So uh, this <laughs> to me is milk. not sexy. Yeah, I love I love oat milk in my coffee. That's what you drink in your Starbucks? Uh, yeah. I don't usually like bathe or put my feet in it in like large quantities uh this to me like i i it's so interesting to me here's what i'll say that yeah rachel we think wins because i watched this date and it was like Mm. so weird and gross and the opposite of sexy like who wants Mm. to take like a milk bath but like they had fun with it and like you could see and like the chemistry was there and they were like making out in the milk tub and i was like all right like this is weird but sure like do your thing and i was like maybe it could be michelle right but for all the reasons we've talked about i still think it's rachel but i'm watching both those fantasy suites and i'm going michelle has become the front runner just in what we're seeing on screen right yeah um i sorry you're you're, are you you going still no, um, no ahead, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that scene with them showed sincere chemistry in a way that was like they can make the most out of even the weirdest situation. Obviously, they just looked like a great couple together. Um, yeah. You know, I could see that working out down the line for them. I understand, and we'll get to the infatuation with Rachel and their relationship. Rachel's relationship is very fleeting lusty high school energy and like Mm -hmm. but i agree with you i actually you know i i wonder two things one if they purposely aligned the fantasy suite so that rachel came last so that they would it would spin her out um and then two i'm curious what you think about this in terms of the michelle day again a really great date fun she accepted the fantasy suite they're a great couple I'm totally there for it. I actually thought we got to see a great side of Michelle that we have not really seen this season from her just sort of being like sort of she's like she's just so soft spoken and cool and like down to earth. And there was one moment I realized that he that happened across the board, which is she goes, I love you. And he kisses her. And mm-hmm he doesn't say I love you back, which I know he's gone on the record to say that he won't just say something back, you know, just for the sake of it. But like, did, did that moment stand out to you? You know, when she said that and he, and he didn't get it back? Well, it, it did, but it's not for the reason that I think you're, it probably stood out to you, which is like, this is a thing in the bachelor canon. It's like one of the tenants of the franchise, a la, this is the final rose, a la first impression rose. So there's this whole thing, and and it came to a head in Ben Higgins' season, hmm. where basically, you know, the producers and whoever will like slowly get their contestant to admit that they are falling in love with the bachelor or in love with the bachelor. And the way it will happen is like it'll happen in an ITM, and then they'll tell him I'm falling in love. 
And then in another ITM later, they'll be like, I'm in love with Ben. And then they'll go tell Ben that they're in love with him. Right. And usually the bachelor says something to the effect of like, I'm so happy you told me that I, you know, I have such strong feelings towards you and I can't wait to keep exploring this. And he reciprocates. Matt's done it with a kiss, all, all these different types of responses. But there was like an unwritten rule in the Bachelor franchise. And, and also it depends on the Bachelor, of course, or the Bachelorette. But there was this unwritten rule where the Bachelor was never supposed to tell anyone that he's in love with them until there's only one girl left, right? Because like oh. being in love with multiple women or multiple men, it creates this whole huge issue. So uh, I would recommend our listeners go back and watch. And if they ever put the greatest seasons ever back, there's a very concise three hour version of Ben's season. But otherwise, I think his season is actually available on Hulu or HBO Max. Ben did this thing where he had two girls left. Both of them told them, told him that he loved them. They loved him. And he told both of them on the final two dates of the season, I love you too. And it was this like cataclysmic thing where like, and then finally, a few days later, pre-final rose ceremony, he went to Jojo and he like broke up with her to like save her the heartbreak of like a, a proposal situation. And she was like, you told me you loved me. And he was like, I know. And then she kind of like finished his sentence and she was like, but you love someone else more. And he was, and he just kind of nodded. And it was like gut wrenching, heartbreaking. Um, and it's really like an iconic moment. The whole like double love you thing is an iconic moment from the bachelor canon. And, you know, Jojo obviously went on to become the bachelorette and, and and is going to get, is engaged and is going to get married to her guy, Jordan from her season. So she lived happily ever after. But at the time it was like soul crushing, and him telling her that he loved her and then not choosing her like the next day basically was like really, really tough. So like that's kind of the backstory. Uh, so I think the bachelors are super cautious. Obviously, the contestants are having strong feelings. They're more easily allowed to say how they're feeling. Matt, of course, has five women left and then four women left and then three mm. or, or whoever the bachelor or bachelorette is. So it's kind of like you have to walk this line of like, you know, I'm having strong feelings for you, which is why I think he just responds with a kiss there. And mm. eventually ends up giving her a rose, but it, it's tough for him to say "I love you too" when he's about to have two other fantasy suites, right? Interesting that the bachelor thinks that you can't be in love with multiple people. Um, like that's what that rule We're, is saying. Basically, well, that's that you, the entire concept of the show, right? I, I know it's ironic. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit of an oxymoron, yeah. right? If you're saying that it's not PC, it's or not PCs around, if it's not like kosher to say "I love you" to multiple top three contestants, because you know, you can't be in love with three people because that's ridiculous. But then that's the whole point of the show. Like, it's not as if one week is going to make you fall out of love with someone. So very interesting. And that actually answers a lot of my questions about why Matt went for the kiss. It's also very interesting, too, because if he said to Michelle, I love you, and like Michelle hasn't been at all a villain, so I don't know that she would do this. Mm. Uh, cause oh. she even was like very, she like was even very reserved with how she told the other girls about her date and she was very respectful and it's not like she was like, Oh, we like stayed up all night, like making love. And yeah. literally if she went back and was like, yeah, he told me that he loved me. Other two girls would be full tailspin. So I think he's thinking like the girls very. have been talking between dates. I got to like be very careful about yeah. my, the language I use here. I think that's all part of his thought process. There was one shot in the Michelle suite 
um, that I loved. It was the camera guy was must have been in the fire pit. It was shot of Michelle and him <laughs> kissing. And this camera is in the glass of fire in the foreground. And I was like, wow, they really told that camera op to just put his camera down there in front of the fire and get that shot. So we're not going to be able to return this. We'll pay for it. It doesn't matter. So we get a great fantasy sweep for Michelle. Again, she's in my second overall draft pick. Shout out, Michelle. Appreciate everything we've gone through. You might still win. I think we'll find out what happens. Obviously not the projected winner in our our canon, but still possible. Mm -hmm. And then certainly we get probably the greatest uh, greatest scene in Bachelor history, if not Mm -hmm. one of the greatest moments on reality television of 2021. Between Matt James and his father. Has there been yeah. anything like this in Bachelor history, Jeremy? I don't think so. I, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of like parents, it's part of the format, hometowns, yeah. and then often after hometowns, the, the next round of people will sometimes meet the Bachelor's family, which it looks like they might do with uh, Matt's mom next week. So ah, that's, that's, right. that's been a common thread. Uh, but the sit down heart to heart was very awesome to watch and fe- and i think you know there's been even real talk with parents like the colton tasha's dad comes to mind right mm-hmm. no i'm not going to give you permission to marry my daughter when you're still dating for the woman that would be insane i don't care if you're on a television show uh which like was so real and you know was mm-hmm. was why he's kind of become a legend in the batch bros canon mm-hmm. but the the pure heart to heart, by the way, it did feel like they entrapped Matt's dad because like Matt's dad thought he was there to celebrate. Yeah. And Matt was like, if we wanted to celebrate, I'd go to Chuck E. Cheese, which was strange, a weird choice for a grown strange man. Strange reference. Uh, but look, yeah, in the moment, weird, he was weird weird a lot place. of other things. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, this was a crazy, real conversation. And, and at one point early on. When his dad was defending himself, I was like, oh shit, like this is going to fully go, A, go badly. And they're just going to play this for like super drama. And it's going to lead to like the spin out stuff that we saw in like the teaser, which, you know, we didn't know if it was going to be this week or next week, but ended up, I think, being a great result and like kind of propelled him positively into fantasy suites. Um, I agree with you on all those fronts. And I also think, look, that moment I thought was, look, have we ever seen a bachelor come and have like the beauty of this whole thing? It's kind of sickening. One, I'm like, is this opportunistic of ABC, right? Did mm. they did they trap this moment for a great reality TV beat? But at the same time, Matt James is a guy who is clearly in touch with his emotions. He clearly a lot wanted this conversation to happen. And if anything, what a beautiful, tragic tale about a guy who doesn't have a strong relationship with his father, who goes so far as to go on the number one dating show in the world in front of a national yeah. audience. And that is how he has the comfort and ability to have that conversation with his dad. Like to me, that's beautiful and scary. Uh, I think you're spot on to me, this whole, like, you know, we gave Matt a bit of shit at the beginning. He needed work on camera. Clearly yeah. that work was, you know, was done, whether it was with acting coaches and producerial help and whatever. He's gotten much better on camera. Uh, he's become the lead of the show, as we've talked about in the past, you know, halfway through the season. And this journey 
for him has really been like his journey. Like it hasn't just been like, let me date a bunch of women and, you know, do three overnight dates and then pick which one of them I want to marry. Like he has grappled with like his abandonment so much so that he, before deciding that he was ready to start a family with one of these women and and enter a long-term relationship, like he needed to speak to his father who apparently he hadn't seen in a very long time. Like his father's father died when his, when his father was a child his father was never around. Like that was clearly yeah. a thing that he need that he needed clarity on. And via this show and, and the format, like that conversation was not softballs. It was mm-hmm. like, we're going to, we're going to talk about some real shit. Otherwise, like we're not going to talk about anything. Right. Uh, so like, to me, this is one of the most real moments uh, of any season of the bachelor. And like in a, season rife with controversy outside of the show it was cool to see a very real thing happen in the actual storyline of the show yeah i i agree with that and i love the beat when the dad just stops him and hugs him man what a fucking scene i mean those camera guys must have been like holy shit look what we just got that's what i said (laughs) yeah we got him holy shit look what they got yeah um the Really powerful scene. And like, just Matt, just like Matt's great. Matt's a great guy. Like that, that's, a, that's our, that's our end case here. Good dude. Um, so really nice moment with the dad. Then we get to our girl, Brie. And here's my funny thing about Brie. Brie was, is my third round draft pick. Um, mm. Shockingly, I, I'm surprised I didn't pick her second. But then again, you guys all had a chance to pick her. You decided not to. Uh, Jeremy went ahead. Just a quick reminder for everyone listening <sighs> this, at home. No, I want to remind them. Need to, I no, remind, I don't need to be I'm going to remind them. No, they remember. Do they remember who your number one draft pick was overall? Maybe you should remind them. Victoria. Uh, I was going to say Victoria F, which would have been great. Victoria. What's your last name? What is Victoria P? P? Is it Victoria P? <laughs> or is that Peter's? No, that's Peter's. One of, one of Peter's Victoria. It's Victoria, Queen Victoria. Victoria. I Queen Victoria the first. Victorious. Jeremy's overall one. Number one <sighs> so, so the Brie date, funny thing with this one is that scene of her walking down the trail, finding Matt, mm. like on her way to that date. I really got to wonder... What was the PA or producer's direction to Brie? Hey, Brie, dress warm. Okay, you see this 200-yard, maybe three-mile path? Walk <laughs> down here. can't see the end of it. Yeah, walk down here for about three minutes, make a left at the owl, then make a right at the creek. And when you see the birds, you've gone too far. Like Honestly, you're going to want to look out for the owl because if you miss it, you're, you're lost. <laughs> you're, lost. <laughs> you're gone. She doesn't have a map. She doesn't have a phone. I guess there's GoPros mounted. It felt like the beginning of Tropic Thunder, you know, where they're all off on their like little POV. <laughs> Do it live yeah. in the sticks. Scene 26-3. Sergeant takes crew. <laughs> it's like, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, what is it? Like, what? Do, I, I mean this. What do you think the direction was? Bree walked down this road for five, literally five minutes into a path of darkness. What was that? <laughs> it's the same path, by the way, she did the, Brie, she did the Jeep on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Brie got the short end of the, of the stick here in this in this whole season so many times. Like somehow she became the outdoors girl. 
And she said that uh, herself, by the way. She's like, "Why? Yeah, everyone knows I hate outdoors." And as a producer, like she doesn't want to be doing this shit four yeah. times. Like she thought her fantasy suite was going to be in a fucking tent. Like what a disaster! <laughs> but yeah, that uh, was sad, by the way. When she's like, "Is it going to be here?" And you can ha- kind of hear in her voice that she was like, "Okay with it," if it was because she just thought it had to happen, right? Because she had just has to like champ it up for the right. cameras. <laughs> like she got the ATV date where she nearly died. Correct. Uh, she got the off-roading like car date, which like is fun. But like again, like why? By the way, same uh, pa- same path that she walked on. I believe that's the same road. She she spent ninety percent of her time on camera in this like wilderness zone of the Nemecolon Resort, uh, and and beyond that, uh, like obviously the date went very well. Great fantasy suite. Uh, you know they've had a strong connection since since their very first one on one. I think she had the first one on one. And although she did say that she did highlight the fact that she's like, hey, we haven't really spoken in five weeks. <laughs> Yeah. How are you doing that? <laughs> Here's the crazy part, though. And like, listen, I know Michelle and Rachel are, are both beautiful and they also had great, you know, connections with Matt and also looked fantastic mm. for the rose ceremony. But Bree specifically at the rose ceremony, I don't know how you look at the three women in front of you and don't give Bree a rose. Mm-hmm. I... So I was looking at Bree at the rose ceremony. I was like, this is one of the most shockingly beautiful women mm-hmm. that I have ever seen mm-hmm. and to, to not give her a rose it, it it's insanity I think it's insanity and she yeah I mean I don't get it either but as Matt said he's never had a problem knowing who he wants to keep around I mean look at other seasons at least in my memory right you saw a lot of Colton a lot of Hannah figuring out even Peter who would they want to keep around when it was those final three? It was always so difficult. And like, mm-hmm. it was always this decision. Matt's decisions so far have been internal. What kind of person mm-hmm. am I? What's my relationship with my father? Um, who am I going to be through this process? With Bree, clearly he had a connection with Michelle and Rachel that is just a stronger connection than with Bree. And I have a feeling if you really want to look at the numbers there, it's because they didn't spend much time together. So what does he know? Likewise with her. But obviously, she likes him. She's infatuated by him because he's the bachelor. So, um, in in the context of like, I mean that in the way that like the producers are constantly telling Brie about Matt. Therefore, she yeah. is thinking about Matt. Matt, meanwhile, is thinking about five other people. So when they had that breakup moment, you know that was a really amicable breakup. She wasn't. She was. A, she was like, I can't be upset, but I can be sad. She said something to that effect, and I was like, that's really eloquently said. And Matt didn't seem to have... I know it sounds crazy. He didn't have a hard time. I mean, it looks as if he had a harder time saying bye to like... <laughs> I mean, I hate to say Serena P because I really don't like Serena P, but he had a more difficult yeah, emotional... he definitely had a hard time with that. Yeah, like he had a more difficult time emotionally getting rid of Serena P than Bree, and it makes you wonder... It was, it was almost bad? as if. <laughs> well, that's not really what I mean, but it was I will say, like the the morning after felt like it it was good. I would yeah, say. it did look not good. Even yeah. Like average, uh, like uh, it did feel like he had three strong morning afters versus like the one that comes to mind is Tasha and Colton. Remember that or something. Was remind very me, wrong. Remind me that Tasha Colton. It was oh, like, that's so right. It was like Colton's yep. first fantasy suite. Potentially was going to lose his virginity. Tasha was like, was in. And 
we cut to them like, you know, they start hooking up, camera goes away, as it always does, or he closes the door, whatever, like MTV Cribs type situation. And then we came in morning after and they were like eating. And it was one of the most awkward energy interactions between two people ever put on camera. Yeah. Like something had gone horribly wrong or like the conversation had devolved like around the virginity stuff. It was just like really fucking weird. They clearly had not had sex the night before. And it was strange. Like all of Matt's next mornings felt like they had had a great time throughout the night. Right. Which by the way, I'm going to, well, real quick, I want to just go on the record and say my, one of our correspondents and producer, Janie, uh, my roommate also mentioned that I can't put on air that um, they broke up because the sex was bad. I want to go on the record and say I was kidding. And that I don't believe that Brie and Matt broke up because the sex was bad. I do believe that Colton and Taysha broke up because Taysha didn't like having sex with Colton. That I do stand. I I think because, there was no sex with Colton. <laughs> right. Okay, good point. Yeah. <laughs> the listen, uh, plenty of weird shits come out about Colton. It's clear clear that some strange stuff happened in that fantasy suite that was not not good for everyone involved. Uh, but uh, yeah, like the the brie of it all. I agree. I think this is a classic bachelor case of like getting towards the end, mm. and you have some really great people, and because you don't have the time to like get deep in it with them and like find out every single thing about these people. Obviously he barely knew anything about Rachel. If that's who he ended up choosing clearly. Uh, but like <laughs> the, right. like you're just kind of going with your gut at that point when there's not any red flags left, like Victoria, there were red flags, MJ, there were red flags. Like you, you cut all these people, right? Uh, Serena P she wanted out. She's gone. Yeah. Piper, you weren't feeling her as much as the other four girls. I get it. But like now you're at the point where it's just like, you got to just go with your gut. And because all three dates went well and because the father talk went well, like you just end up, you're right. You just end up going with, you know, instinct. Like who, who do I have a stronger connection with? Which is why I think in this situation, Brie doesn't end up going forward as we predicted via the Instagram post where she spoiled the season. So we were correct on that. She did spoil and that. Here's what I'll say about Brie. Brie's going to be a paradise all-star, my friend. Or a bachelorette. Uh, or or even better. Oh, you know what, though? I, I agree with you. I do believe it was confirmed about Katie. And I don't read these spoilers. Yeah, I. someone said to me, Katie's bachelorette. And I was like, I don't think so. And then they were like, no, it, it got confirmed. There's like a whole thing. It's not canon for people, but like now it's back in the zeitgeist. Is is It looks like maybe Jeremy's logging on to see if this is accurate. But it, yeah, is that is that what's happening? I don't see anything beyond the initial oh. leak that was never confirmed. ABC has not confirmed anyone. Meaning uh, there is someone texted me about choice. it. They're like, "What do you think of Katie's Bachelorette?" And I was like, "I don't think that's true yet." But look, point is, I hope it's not Katie. I think it, you know it, we would both be surprised to have them not pick uh, a woman of color. You know, just given the climate of what this show is done towards its. Let's be very clear. It it should be Brie yeah. or Michelle. Or maybe Piper, please. Michelle feels like it would be too close to home because she's still, I mean, look, we still have two more weeks where she's with Matt. It's hard to be the runner up and then immediately. Yeah, she just was with Matt. I think Vary would be an amazing bachelorette. Typically, it's like a top four who wasn't uh, the first runner up is usually kind of the power zone for the next. Although they haven't started shooting to our knowledge. So maybe, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Michelle. Um, I think if they were if they had started shooting, it would it would have leaked. So we'll 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 know shortly. But I mean, it should be Brie. Brie would be fantastic. I'd Um, love to watch that. So then we get Rachel 
Um, your Rachel's overnight. Rachel, of course, my number one draft pick spiraling in her little head about Matt sleeping with other women. Um, and they have this awesome fireworks shot, by the way. Of uh, you know, I mean, you mean the heavy innuendo fireworks? Oh, that was great. I mean, very Disney. They had this awesome pottery scene, a la the movie Ghost. Ghost. Hmm. Um, they have this. You know, she's being a little bit moody. I think a lot of editing. I think a lot of editing saved that. I don't think she was as probably as moody as she came off on the day of this of the, of the uh, episode. Oh, you think she was? She was definitely in her own head, though. Like at the beginning of the date, it was so bad that they like needed to pause and talk about it, right? Right, but like I bet they could have had that conversation. Matt could tell something was up the second he saw her. You know, that's so like right. they. I think they pseudo resolved it and then just said hold off on that yeah. conversation until we're there. It's interesting, like. <laughs> The maturity differences really come out in these types of situations, yes, sir. right? Yes. Like I know her and Brie are near the same age. I think maybe I'm. That's correct. About that's that. correct. Brie, I think Michelle's definitely she's like Michelle's like 27, a little older. Yeah. Different stage of her life. Uh, you know, she's very much has a career. She's a teacher. Yeah. And Michelle was like, and and, and this I think is worth talking about because it is the gamified nature of the whole thing. And you mentioned. Do we think Rachel was last on purpose? I think a hundred percent. I think yeah. that's a classic bachelor so producer mean. trick. It's like so mean. Put the person who will spin out the most last because it's just a rife source of drama. Uh, I think they almost like didn't get what they wanted because they, she kind of rallied from it when it seemed like she was really going to tailspin. And although Matt's reasoning and, was that she had the eye injury and he wanted to let her rest. Ah, uh, copy. <laughs> well. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Michelle's like, yes, he's going to have three fantasy suites. I think Michelle benefited from going first. I think that's always the slot you want to be in for fantasy suites. Because mm. even if, you know, the, you know the next two dates are coming, but you don't really have to think about them prior to yours, right? Mm-hmm. You can do yours and then worry about it. But also, like, Brie and Michelle had the vibe of, like, yeah, we're on The Bachelor. Like, we know what we signed up for. We felt like we were going to be front runners early because mm-hmm. we, we had a connection with Matt. That means you're headed to fantasy suites. You've had all this time to prepare like, and know exactly what's going to happen. Yet every season, there's somebody who can't handle yeah. uh, the other contestants who are still on The Bachelor with them having overnight dates. It's like, I know it's a jealousy thing. I get it. It all makes sense. But like, you've got to boil it down. Like, you are on a reality dating show and you know that this is a a part of the format to get to the f- end. Like to climb the mountain of The Bachelor, you must crest the fantasy suite plateau and nice. then continue towards the final rust ceremony, right? Nice. Like it's coming. You are, if you're a front runner, you should be, and you think you're going to spin out, you should be preparing for this from day one. A- and like, there's no excuse. Like everybody knows the format now. It's, how do you prepare though, Jeremy? I mean, devil's changed. advocate, how do you prepare when you fall deeper in love with someone and you're like there, right? I mean, you're literally in love with yeah. them. And then like, dude, think, put it, put your own truth for a second. Let's say we're on the show. Let's say you're just dating a chick. You're like, yeah. I really, really like her. I'm one hour away from saying, I love you to them. But I know for a fact that they're going to go sleep with not one, but possibly two uh, other strangers. Well, but it's not... That's not a real world scenario. And and what I was going to say is it's not like Matt is going and cheating on Rachel twice and then telling her about it and then they have a night together. It is a weird, albeit part of this format, 
right. that like everyone knows about going into. If you want to win, you're going to have to go through it. Yeah. And it's also not something where you can ask the bachelor like not to have the other or the bachelorette not to have the other overnights because as we saw with Luke P. Yeah, like, who that, that happened? Yeah, that happened well. Luke P. And then it happened with Kayla Miller Keys and Colton. Or am I making that up? Uh, Kaylin didn't make fantasy sweets, but I think she, she was definitely like falling for him towards right. the end okay. and like starting to be jealous of Cassie because Cassie was her friend. It was Tasha Cassie, and like, Hannah Ghibli, right? Correct. Wow. And, That's and crazy. he ended up only, only doing the fantasy suite with Tasha because then he had Cassie and she evacuated and then he fired and Hannah, Hannah G, G was and just in her journal Tasha writing. The show. When he jumped the fence, she's journaling. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Such you know, I, I get it. It's fantastic. I'm so glad we started this journey on that season. That was unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, yes, it, it's hard to prepare for. I get it. There's emotions specifically correlated to the geography of how this plays out. Right. But, like, you can prepare for it in that, like, it's something that's going to happen. So, like, try to wrap your... My advice to anyone going on The Bachelor who's, like, really there to find love would be, like, Start wrapping your head or if you like the, the the person they choose as the lead, start wrapping your head around early that like he's going to sleep with two other people in the same week as you or she's going to sleep with two other people in the same yeah. week as you. And like, yes, we are naturally jealous as humans. Like it is a natural thing. But I think when you go, it's the show. And after this, like, you know, he's going to choose me and we're going to be done with all this forever. Like that's something you can kind of hang on to. Right. So, okay. Here's my big crazy thing that uh, this episode just I, I cannot believe this. And maybe I'm reading too deep into it. We have the Rachel date. Okay. Fancy suite. Great. Mm-hmm. Close that door. Commercial break. Cut in. Interior rose ceremony night. Jeremy, where was the morning after with Rachel? Where was that footage? Oh, was that missing? Where was that footage? Oh, I totally, I didn't, I didn't even notice. So we didn't see the morning after with Rachel. No. And I'm like, it is a crucial part of that, of that. And even if you're going to not include it for story beats, uh, there's other parts of the episode you could cut. Like there was not, there was more than enough time to, I mean, am I crazy? Or do you remember, was there a Rachel? I was like doing double takes. I was like, I believe they just cut from fireworks night to rose ceremony. The the morning after, as as we've already described on this episode, is a crucially important part of of this fantasy suite date. So my like the debrief is almost more fun. I know. You don't so my, see the actual overnight. Yeah, and you see like them like with their guard let down. My my two working theories are one is that the intern lost the SD card, which is we've actually had a couple of moments of that on in the Batch Bros canon. I, I forget what season. I think it was Peter's season. We thought there no, was a it was moment. Hannah's. What it did we think Hannah's. happened? It's still so unclear, and it's crazy that they've never come out and clarified what the fuck happened. Hannah's season, like second to last episode. Yeah. They like paused post fantasy suites and randomly went to like a sit down interview of right. Hannah and Chris Harrison debriefing the entire season. And then all of a sudden it was like, and now we're at the final row ceremony. Yes. Like, like as if they had lost the SD card from the entire time yes. in like Positano. Yeah, we legitimately thought our working theory was that they lost 50 minutes of footage. So they had to do a quick pickup interview with... <laughs> There's no other explanation. I just like, it was insane. It was an insane swerve. Um, but so my working theory is either that or something to the extent of Matt just being like, I just, you're the one. And I love you, and I want to be with you, and them oh, not, wow. and them wanting to hold off that information until perhaps a flashback, 
perhaps that is fascinating. Some you know, I was going to say perhaps it just was the least interesting, and they were like, "But Jeremy, you know, least interesting." They, there's man. no room in the cut for it. You could argue that, but the, yeah, I agree with you. I think they find a place for the morning afters, especially two, during two Fantasy Suites Week, just to prove that it actually. So that is fascinating. You think it got like too real, so much so that the show would be now spoiled given their conversation. That's a working theory. That's a working theory. I mean, I do you, I think it tracks. Yeah. Um, and I'm just checking right I, now. I'm trying to think, you know, I'm trying to think like, what's the reason they wouldn't show this besides just like cutting for time. But like, I agree. It's such an integral part of this episode. And we saw it with the other two. We saw it in Tasha's season. We saw it Claire and Dale's fantasy sweet, weird thing that they did week two. We saw it with Hannah Brown every time. We saw all of Peter's uh it i've like i've like blacked out peter season in my head i literally it's, can't remember like who the final two were uh anyway pilot pete uh that is fascinating and i would be i would be shocked if they went back to the footage in a flashback but i but I don't think that that means that you're not necessarily correct in your sentiment of what that morning may have looked like. I just Googled it just because I was curious. So listeners, we haven't done full research here, but this is what I've seen. The, one of the things is Bachelor fans insist that crucial Rachel scenes were edited out after Matt's finalists accused of racism. But I don't think so. I don't think so either. They haven't because touched the edit. Chris Harrison's everywhere. Like they haven't put a fucking title card up. There's no way they they spent the time to change these episodes. Yeah, Twitter was like they skipped the post morning interview with Rachel. But even if you were, that doesn't necessarily. To me, all like ABC is going to recut the season was off the table as yeah. soon as the women tell all with Chris Harrison aired. At this point, like why? Why would they spend the money? I think they honestly waited to see if there would be backlash to airing the women tell all. And like there like there was, but also like it wasn't like strong enough to make them think that they needed to recut the season or something. And like now ABC is just like, fuck it. Why are we going to spend the money when like it hasn't become like a thing oh. where people stop watching the show. You know what I mean? Like the audience kept tuning in. So ABC's like, oh, well, we'll just, we can just do whatever we want. Can I say, okay, here's an interesting discovery. And I, I again, I can't confirm this because I don't know the, the footage, but here's a quote. They cut out Rachel and Matt talking about race. In the season preview, Rachel and Matt were seen on that couch in those outfits. And Rachel says, I do acknowledge race in every sense. Very interesting. One person said. So someone's theorizing. Excellent. Excellent find by whoever found that. Yeah, someone's theorizing that Rachel is in that moment saying, talking about race, and they cut it out. But does her saying I acknowledge race in every sense? That feels okay. I don't know. Maybe just maybe we, that feels like a step in the right direction. I, I don't know. No idea. I think, you know, we could speculate forever. My, quick thought on that yeah. is like just because they show a bit of a conversation early in the season doesn't mean it was ever in the edit of when when it gets to that point chronologically so i think it's easy to read into a comment like that obviously given all the stuff that's sure. come out about her racism issues uh and her behavior in the past to be like oh they recut the episode because like it was going to look bad to have them talk about race when really she's she doesn't mean anything she says i think there's also just as easily could be like that was a definitely a thing at the beginning of the season where they were like the season's going to be all about race mm. and diverse relationships 
And that was just like one more way to showcase kind of what was in store. And then maybe it never made the final edit of the chronological episode. Maybe ABC weirdly recut these episodes and like still left in Chris Harrison. Like, I just don't see it. I Well, Jeremy, there's too many coincidences, though. The coincidence of not showing after the first time in history, not showing an after morning footage and the speculated scene is about race. That's more than coincidence. That's more than just not. That's yeah, on I, I agree. It's strange, uh, though. You know, we don't know if this is the first time ever. It's certainly a trend in fantasy suites. We'd have to go back and rewatch. That's fair. You know, That's the last good. ten seasons of fantasy suites, which, you know, unfortunately, we don't have time to do at the moment. But uh, you know, the I think it could be easily that uh, they ran out of time and it was the least interesting one. It could be it was re-edited. It could be. It was just uninteresting. Who knows? It could be a number of things, but I do I do think it's very interesting that they didn't have it, given that it is such a part of these experiences now. Yeah. Well, we got finals coming up. We got it. You mean the Jonah Bowl? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the Scott Mega Bowl. Let's just win this one clean. Let's get some money. Scott Jersey. Scott. Versus Scott. It's look, man. I was very stressed at the very end of Tasha's season when I was hanging on for dear life, and I was out, obviously. But uh, you know, you came in, and I'm not stressed anymore because it's it's a win win win. There's no losing. You know, it's easy when it's Jeremy's walking to the back of his room. I hope believed to get the golden rose that he currently holds, which he'll be bringing to the East Coast with him. This coming Saturday for the Batch Bros Live, which we'll be doing Instagram Live on Monday. There it is. Looks nice in your hands there. What's the weight of that there thing? Let me just take this, How's that, how much does that weigh? Something in my ear. Uh, you know, it's like a nice, it's about, I think, eight pounds. Wow. It's guess. got a lot of weight to it. Yeah, it's got some weight to it. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening. We got the final Matt James four-hour episode next Monday. We're going to be doing Instagram Live with the Batch Bros. We'll be there together in the same room. That'll be fun. See you guys next week. Goodbye.